Book Eight, Chapter Two of Camilla. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Lars Rolander. Camilla or a Picture of Youth by Fanny Burney, Chapter Two. A Rage of Obliging. Camilla, from the instant she had perceived Edgar, had been in the utmost emotion, from doubt if his journey were to seek a reconciliation, or only to return her letters and take a lasting farewell. Her first feeling at his sight urged her to retire, but something of a softer nature speedily interfered, representing, if now he should join her, what suffering might mutually be saved by an immediate conference she kept therefore her seat looking steadily straight down the water and denying herself one moment's glance at anything or person upon the beach little imagining she engrossed herself the attention of all who paraded it but when the insinuations of the flippant perfumer had once made her looked at her beauty her apparently unprotected situation and the account of the wager seemed to render her an object to be stared at without scruple mrs meaton saw how much they were observed but camilla unheeding her remarks listened only to hear if any footsteps approached but when at last some struck her ears they were accompanied by an unknown voice so loud and clamorously jovial that disturbed she looked round and saw the door violently flung open and three persons dressed like gentlemen forced their way into the small dwelling-place mr holder the leader of this triumvirate was the particular patron of gert the young perfumer and though his superior in birth and riches was scarcely upon a par with him from wilful neglect in education and undoubtedly beneath him in decency and conduct notwithstanding young gert piqued himself far less upon such sentimental qualifications than upon his skill in cosmetics and had less respect for unadulterated morals than unadulterated powder the second who entered was in every particular still less defensible he was a peer of the realm he had a daughter married and his age entitled him to be the grandfather of young holder in point of fortune speculists deemed them equal for though the estate of holder was as yet unencumbered with the mortgages that hung upon that of lord valhurst they computed with great exactness the term of its superiority since already he had enlisted in the jockey meetings and belonged to the gaming clubs the third a young man of a serious but pleasing demeanour was rather an attendant than a partner in this intrusion he was the only one of the whole party to whom the countenance of camilla had announced innocence and when holder instigated by the assertions of the facetious gert proposed the present measure and lord valhurst caught by the youthful beauty of the fair subject of discussion acceded this single champion stood forth and modestly yet firmly declaring his opinion they were mistaken accompanied them with a view to protect her if he himself were right 
boisterously entering halder addressed at once to camilla such unceremonious praise of her beauty that affrighted and offended she hastily seized the arm of mrs mitten and in a voice of alarm though with an air of command that admitted no doubt of her seriousness and no appeal from her resolution said let us go home mrs mitten immediately simple as were these words their manner had an effect upon holder to awe and distance him beauty in the garb of virtue is rather formidable than attractive to those who are natively unenlightened as well as habitually degenerate though over such as have ever known better sentiments it frequently retains its primeval power even in their darkest declension of depravity but while halder repulsed stood back and the young champion with an air the most respectful made way for her to pass lord valhurst shutting the door planted himself against it seeing terror now take possession of every feature of her face her determined protector called out make way my lord i beg and offered her his hand but camilla equally frightened at them all shrunk appalled from his assistance and turned towards the window with an intention of demanding help from edgar whom she supposed still on the beach but the peer slowly moving from the door said he was the last to mean to disconcert the young lady and only wished to stop her till he could call for his carriage that he might see her safe wherever she wished to go camilla had no doubt of the sincerity of this proposal but would accept no aid from a stranger even though an old man while she hoped to obtain that of edgar edgar however she saw not and fear is generally precipitate she concluded him gone concluded herself deserted and from knowing neither equally fearing both the young men inclined towards lord valhurst who with delighted surprise was going to take her under his care when edgar rushed forward the pleasure that darted into her eyes announced his welcome halder from his reception thought the enigma of his own ill-success solved the other youth supposing him her brother no longer sought to interfere but lord valhurst exhibited signs of such irrepressible mortification that inexperience itself could not mistake the dishonorable views of his offered services since to see her in safety was so evidently not their purpose camilla looking at him with the horror he so justly excited gave her hand to edgar who had instantly claimed it and without one word being uttered by either hastily walked away with him nimbly accompanied by mrs mitten the young man whose own mind was sufficiently pure to make him give easy credits to the purity of another was shocked at his undeserved implication in so gross an attack and at his failure of manifesting the laudable motive which had made him one of the triumvirate and looking after her with mingled admiration and concern indeed gentlemen he cried you have been much to blame you have affronted a young lady who carries in the whole of her appearance the marks of meriting respect the sensibility of lord valhurst was not of sufficient magnitude to separate into two courses 
the little he possessed was already occupied by his disappointment in losing the beautiful prey he believed just falling into his hands and he had no emotion therefore to bestow upon his young reprover but halder who to want of feeling added want of sense roared out with rude raillery a gross which he thought witty attack both of the defender and the defended the young man with the proud probity of unhackneyed sentiment made a vindication of his uncorrupt intentions which produced but louder mirth and coarser incredulity the contest however was fully unequal one had nerves of the most irritable delicacy the other had never yet by any sensation nor any accident been admonished that nerves made any part of the human composition in proportion therefore as one became more offended the other grew more callous till the chivalry of indignant honour casting prudence safety and forbearance away dictated a hasty challenge which was accepted with a hoarse laugh of brutal senselessness of danger courage is of another description it risks life with heroism but it is only to preserve or pursue something without which the charm of life were dissolved it meets death with steadiness but it prepares for immortality with reverence and emotion edgar and camilla continued their walk in a silence painful to both but which neither knew how first to break each wished with earnestness an opening to communication and confidence but mutually shocked by the recent adventure edgar waited the absence of mrs mitten to point out the impropriety and insufficiency of such a guard and camilla still aghast with terror had no power of any sort to begin a discourse their taciturnity if not well supplied was at least well contrasted by the volubility of mrs mitten which as in the bathing-house it had been incessant in declaring to the three intruders that both she and the other young lady were persons of honour was now no less unremitting in boasting how well she had checked and kept them in order the horror of the attack she had just escaped became soon but a secondary suffering to camilla though at the moment it had impressed her more terribly than any actual event of her life or any scene her creative imagination had ever painted yet however dreadful it was now past but who could tell the end of what remained the mute distance of edgar her uncertainty of his intentions her suspicions of his wished secession the severe task she thought necessary to perform of giving him his liberty with the anguish of total inability to judge whether such a step would recall his tenderness or precipitate his retreat were suggestions which quickly succeeded and in a very short time folly domineered over every other when they arrived at the house edgar demanded if he might hope for the honour of being presented as a friend of the family to mrs burlington reviving though embarrassed she looked assent and went forward to inquire if miss burlington were come home the servant answered no but delivered her a letter from that lady she took it with a look of distress whether or not to invite edgar to enter 
which the at this period welcome officiousness of mrs mitten relieved by saying come let us all come in and make the parlour a little comfortable against mrs burlington comes home for i dare say there's nothing as it should be these lodging-houses always want a heap of things one never thinks of beforehand they then all three entered and mrs mitten who saw she said a thousand ways by which she might serve and oblige mrs burlington by various suggestions and even directions which she hazarded against her return busied herself to arrange the two parlours to her satisfaction and then went upstairs to settle also all there making abundant apologies for leaving them and assuring them she would be back again as soon as she possibly could get all in order her departure was a moment of extreme confusion to camilla who considered it as an invitation to her great scheme of rejection but who stammered something upon every other subject to keep that off she looked at her letter wondered what it could contain could not imagine why mrs burlington should write when they must so soon meet and spent in conjectures upon its contents the time which edgar besought her to bestow upon their perusal nothing gives so much strength to an adversary as the view of timidity in his opponent edgar grew presently composed and felt equal to his proposed expostulation you decline reading your letter till i am gone cried he i must therefore hasten away yet before i go i earnestly wish once more to take upon me the office formerly allowed me and to represent with simple sincerity my apprehensions upon what i have observed this morning the beginning of this speech had made camilla break the seal of her letter but its conclusion agitated her too much for reading it is this silence said he trying to smile to repress me as arrogant or to disregard me as impertinent neither she answered forcing herself to look towards him with cheerfulness it is merely attention you are very good and i will try to be brief that i may put your patience to no longer proof than i can avoid you know already all i can urge concerning mrs burlington how little i wonder at the promptness of your admiration yet how greatly i fear for the permanence of your esteem in putting yourself under her immediate and sole protection you have shown me the complete dissonance of our judgments upon this subject but i do not forget that though you had all the goodness to hear me you had the right to decide for yourself trust indeed even against warning is so far more amiable than suspicion that it must always even though it prove unfortunate call for praise rather than censure the confusion of camilla was now converted into self-reproach what she thought coldness she had resented what appeared to her to be haughtiness she had resisted but truth in the form of gentleness brought her instantly to reason and reason could only resume its empire to represent as rash and imprudent an expedition so repugnant in its circumstances to the wishes and opinions of the person whose approbation was most essential to her happiness edgar had paused and her every impulse led to a candid recognition of what she felt to be wrong 
but her precarious situation with him the report of his intended flight by jacob the letters still detained of sir sedley clarendel and no explanation demanded by which she could gather if his plighted honour were not now his only tie with her curbed her design depressed her courage and silently she let him proceed upon this subject therefore i must say no more except to hint a wish that the apprehensions which first induced me to name it may unbidden occur as timely heralds to exertion should any untoward circumstances point to danger alarm or impropriety the new but strong friendship of camilla was alarmed for its delicacy by these words the diffidence she felt from conscious error for herself extended not to mrs burlington whom since she found guiltless she believed to be blameless she broke forth therefore into a warm eulogy which her agitation rendered eloquent while her own mind and spirits were relieved and revived by this flight from her mortified self to the friend she thought deserving her most fervent justification edgar listened attentively and his eyes though they expressed much of serious concern showed also an irrepressible admiration of an enthusiasm so ardent for a female friend of so much beauty may she always merit this generous warmth cried he which must have excited my best wishes for her welfare even if i had been insensible to her own claims upon every man of feeling but i had meant at this time to confine my ungrateful annotations to another to the person who had just quitted the room you do not mean to name her with mrs burlington to imagine it possible i can have for her any similar regard or any indeed at all but such common goodwill as all sorts and classes of people are entitled to who are well-meaning here at least then said edgar with a sigh half suppressed our opinion may be consonant no i design no such disgraceful parallel for your elegant favourite my whole intention is to remonstrate can you pardon so plain a word against your appearing in public with a person so ill adapted to ensure you the respect that is so every way your due i had not the smallest idea believe me of appearing in public i merely walked out to see the town and to beguile in a stroll time which in this person's society hung heavy upon me at home in the absence of mrs burlington the concise simplicity of this innocent account banished in a moment all severity of judgment and edgar expressively thanking her rose and was approaching her though scarcely knowing with what purpose when mrs mitten burst into the room exclaiming well my dear you'll never guess how many things i have done since i left you in the first place there was never a washball in the next place not a napkin nor a towel was in its proper place then the tea-things were forgot and as to spoons not one could i find and now i've a mind to go myself to a shop i took good notice of and get her a little almond powder for her nice white hands which i dare say will please her i've thought of a hundred things at least i dare say i shall quite win her heart and i'm sure of my money again if i lay out never so much and i don't know what i would not do for such a good lady during this harangue camilla ashamed of her want of resolution secretly avowed that 
if again left alone with him she would not lose a moment in restoring him his liberty that with dignity she might once more receive or with fortitude for ever resign it she thought herself at this moment capable of either but she had only thought it since his softened look and air had made her believe she had nothing to fear from the alternative mrs mitten soon went though her continued and unmeaning chattery made the short term of her stay appear long each eager upon their own plan both then involuntarily arose camilla spoke first i have something she cried to say but her voice became so husky the inarticulate sounds died away unheard and blushing at so feeble an opening she strove under the auspices of a calf to disguise that she had spoken at all for the purpose of beginning in a more striking manner again this succeeded with edgar at this moment for he had heard her voice not her words he began therefore himself this good lady he said seems bit with the rage of obliging though not i think so heroically as much to injure her interest but surely she flatters herself with somewhat too high a recompense the heart of mrs burlington is not i fancy framed for such a conqueror but how at the same time is it possible conversation such as this should be heard under her roof and how can it come to pass that such a person talk of her interrupted camilla recovering her breast some other time let me now inquire have you burnt i hope so those foolish letters i put into your hands the countenance of edgar was instantly overclouded the mention of those letters brought fresh to his heart the bitterest the most excruciating and intolerable pang it had ever experienced it brought camilla to his view no longer artless pure and single-minded but engaged to or trifling with one man while seriously accepting another no madam he solemnly said i have not presumed so far their answers are not likely to meet with so violent a death and it seemed to me that one part of the correspondence should be preserved for the elucidation of the other camilla felt stung by this reply and tremulously answered give me them back then if you please and i will take care to see them all demolished together in the same flames meanwhile are you sure interrupted edgar such a conflagration will be permitted does the man live who would have the philosophy the insensibility i must rather style it ever to resign after once possessing marks so distinguishing of esteem oh camilla i at least could not be that man cut to the soul by this question which though softened by the last phrase she deemed severely cruel she hastily exclaimed philosophy i have no right to speak of but as to insensibility who is the man that evermore can surprise me by its display let me take however this opportunity a footman opening the door said his lady had sent to beg an answer to her letter camilla in whom anger was momentary but the love of justice permanent rejoiced at an interruption which prevented her from speaking with pique and displeasure 
a sentence that must lose all its purpose if not uttered with mildness she would write she said immediately and bidding the man get her pen and ink went to the window to read her letter with a formal bow of apology to edgar as she passed him i have made you angry cried he when the man was gone and i hate myself to have caused you a moment's pain but you must feel for me camilla in the wound you have inflicted you know not the disorder of mind produced by a sudden unlooked-for transition from felicity to perplexity from serenity to misery camilla felt touched yet continued reading or rather rapidly repeating to herself the words of her letter without comprehending or even seeking to comprehend the meaning of one sentence he found himself quite unequal to enduring her displeasure his own all his cautions all dr marchmont's advice were forgotten and tenderly following her have i offended he cried past forgiveness is camilla immovable and is the journey from which i fondly hoped to date the renewal of every hope the termination of every doubt the period of all suffering and sorrow he stopped abruptly from the entrance of the servant with pen and ink and the interruption was critical it called him to his self-command he stammered out that he would not impede her writing and though in palpable confusion took his leave yet at the street door he gave a ticket with his name to the servant who attended him for mrs burlington and with his best respects desired she might be told he should do himself the honour to endeavour to see her in the evening the recollection of edgar came too late to his aid to answer its intended purpose the tender avowal which had escaped him to camilla of the view of his journey had first with astonishment struck her ear and next with quick enchantment vibrated to her heart which again it speedily taught to beat with its pristine vivacity and joy spirit and confidence expelled in a breath all but themselves end of chapter two read by lars rolander